Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Are you all right, dude? Yeah, I just can't drink water. <laughs> Boy, uh, hydration is tough, huh? I thought he was going for the uh, the, the Chelsea lineup-related pun. Can't drink water. <laughs> Chelsea, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. All right, who wants a midweek podcast? That's right, we know that you do. And that's what we're going to deliver. And these aren't normal circumstances of us just staying up on a Wednesday night, recording a podcast, yada, yada. Dan, we're going to London tomorrow. We are just putting in 100% effort before we kick this trip off. Yeah, I know that uh, Nicholas has packed his travel pillow and his uh, his eye mask to block out all the necessary light. Uh, you know, he, he, he is he's the looks. So we have to make you get, make sure you get that beauty sleep on a flight over, right, Nick? Yeah. So I, I went in today, got a haircut. Uh, you know, got got a nice little beard trim. So the beard is coming uh, to London. I know that facial hair is sparse over there, so you'll be able to tell who I am pretty quickly. 
Um, I know that Brandon, uh, being the tech wizard that he is, has packed all of the necessary trinkets. Uh, I'm useless in that department, so I'm glad that he's here. And uh, and yeah, Dan, what, what are you packing? Um, I, I mean, I'm packing money to buy the whiskey. That, that's the plan. Yes. I, you know, look, someone had to do it, and I applaud your effort. Well, thank you. We've got the briefcases of cash ready to go. (laughs) So grab the cash match, WWE style. (laughs) We got that FIFA money, dog. Oh, man. Uh, Well, hey, let's go real quick. iTunes reviews, Dan. We've got more, even one from Canada. Our friends up north. Yeah, I I feel like, um, I think this might be our buddy Frank, but I'm, I'm not sure. If not, you know, shout out to Frank for being an awesome guy on Twitter and interacting with us. But, uh IDI029 gave us one little five star from Canada. We had uh, Akram TJ, US, and then also Andrew Best uh, up from Pittsburgh saying the first round is on him when we get up there. So uh, maybe a potential live pod location in the future. Pittsburgh Blues, what up? That would be great. I mean, love to go out there. We're actually going to be the neighborhood uh, is our connecting flights in Philly, Nick. But, you know, maybe maybe next time we'll work on I, it. I think I think that might be a little, little sacrilegious to say that, especially with how the Steelers and Eagles are yeah. playing this year. It wasn't our choice. I, I wonder <laughs> I wonder if we're going to get booed in Philly. What do you think? <laughs> like, I, I'm keeping the baseball right. cap pulled down, low my <laughs> eyes. I'm going to have the hood up. And I even know it's me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. Um, do you want to give a quick shout out to Marv? All right, my buddy from London met up with us at the cock pre-match last year. Just hooked us up on Patreon, gave us a great donation. So again, I message you, but let us know who you want uh, to write on the thank you card, the postcard, and how convenient we can either deliver in person or ship it via the Royal Mail while we're over there. Save us some shipping costs, Nick. Yeah, so that's the benefit. It, we're really just doing this to hand out gifts. Um, this whole trip is is really a gift thing. But our, our boy Marv supporting us um, both in spirit on Twitter and financially. Thank you very much, sir. All right, well, let's go ahead and kick this pot off with Aldemaro's question from Facebook saying, who would you least like to get into a shouting match with, Jose Mourinho or Antonio Conte? Dan. If you had to line up, a little celebrity shout match, whose side are you in? I feel that Mourinho's would, would involve his crazy analogies. So, I mean, that would be fun. Like, I, I would really enjoy getting to see if he could maintain that structure throughout, like, a spirited debate or if he would just, you know, get into profanity. Um, I mean, you know, Antonio right now is, is, is the love interest, right? Like, I, can't, I don't want to get into a shouting match with him. Like, I, I think mean, this is a no-brainer. you got to go with Mourinho. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, is, the question is, who would you least like? I, I would not want to get into a shouting match with Antonio. I just feel like he has the stamina to keep going. Uh, whereas I, uh, I, I am the powder keg, admittedly. But, um, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if I got, I don't know if I got it. I got the beard over him. He shaved, which, I, you know, I thought was a cowardly move. But, yeah. Brandon, what about yourself? You're you're kind of the peacemaker on the show. Well, I'd definitely say least likely with I think Mourinho because he would just be so soft spoken and would go on and on and say the same thing over and over, and I would just lose my mind. At least Conte, I could like we could try to yell over each other back and forth. I mean, at least there'd be a competition. Jose would just grind me down all the way. 
I don't know. Let us know what you guys think on social media. But let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, obviously, we always like to give love to World Soccer Shop, our presenting sponsor. Really cool one this time. They sent us really, really cool gear. They actually sent us the Champions League apparel line. We got the pants, we got the polos, and we got the jackets, guys. I unboxed them. They are mint condition. Well done, Nike. We'll get you guys some photos of them when we're in London, Dan. Yeah, you know, I think if you've paid attention to any of the photos we've used recently, um, uh, we might not be male models. Um, that is not our line of work, Nick. But we, uh, we, we did take some photos in the, the, such attire previously and uh, are going to give you guys some, uh, some real-world examples of what these look like on uh, average human bodies, um, or in my case, sub-average, um, you know, so that you can understand if you would really like to purchase these. And if so, uh, worldsoccershop.com would be a great place to do it. Absolutely. And, and kind of a final piece here. Uh, World Soccer Shop is letting us uh, and I don't know if this is a great idea, uh, Dan, but they're letting us take over their uh, Snapchat and Instagram stories. Oh, that's uh, a while, terrible idea. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> so it's really going to be a lot of photos of me, a lot of selfies, uh, a lot of profanity. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we will we'll be uh, doing some uh, some Snapchats and uh, and Instagram stories from the from the match, some pregame, some. Uh, some post-match and uh, yeah why don't you go follow them on Instagram and Snapchat and uh, you'll see our pretty faces over there in just a couple of days what a great reason to go give them a follow so all right guys well here we are Swansea City is the match of the midweek review for us Uh, obviously Premier League match at Stamford Bridge so we had the comfort you know sleeping in the local hotel not quite their own bed but um, matches this past Wednesday, November 29th, as you're listening in the future. Score Blues 1, Swan 0. Nobody, Nick, had a correct score prediction. A little saved a little face for us. Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, you know, look, we were, we're shit at it. So uh, I'm glad that no one predicted it. I think most people did and probably thought this might be a, a bit a bit of a drubbing, perhaps. Yeah. And uh, to go to my typical response, yeah, comma, sign and then explanation <laughs> is you know when you kind of think about where we're heading next which is lineups and you start to do some little midweek rotation uh the the drumming uh potentially goes from a rock concert to the uh, the, the pitter patter of a uh, a quite silent march well i think the big kind of talking point once we saw the lineup dan now that you mentioned that is the fact that aspi broke his Premier League streak of consecutive starts. 74. Uh, it wasn't, he didn't break the streak. Well, yeah. it was uh, broken. I mean, he, he took some, some tough, tough tackles and, and challenges in that Liverpool game. And I think if anyone earned a, a match of reprieve after playing, uh, you know, 90 plus minutes in each of the 74 matches since December of 2015 in the Premier League, I think Dave earned a day off, Nick. I think I think it was about time that uh, you know, he, he, he's sitting near the end of the year. You know that PTO time is kind of probably getting close <laughs> to expiring. He, he's got to cash that out, man. You know, yeah. don't take don't take the cash. Take a day off. <laughs> so I yeah I agree with you. I think that if anyone deserves it, it's him. We, we talked about this last week with Liam from ESPN that you know even when. Uh, you know, subs come on. He's never the one to get subbed. He just moves to a different position because he's just 
fucking awesome at his job and can play a lot of different areas. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think where where Chelsea really hurt themselves is by not getting some sort of result in, at, in Roma because they had to play really hard against Carabag um, and ensure that we made it through to the group or to the round of 16. And then, you know, three days after that, it's it's up in Liverpool for that kind of fast and furious match. And, you know, all credit to Dave. I'm sure he would have played if he uh, if he was selected. But I think this was a really, really smart strategic move from Antonio Conte to uh, to rotate in. Well, like we said, it was uh, the last time since December 2015 that he, you know, didn't start in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, played 90 minutes in all of those 74 matches. Absolutely crazy. But all right, lineup time, Dan. Uh, run us through it since, as we kind of alluded to, uh, Antonio Conte made some changes. Yeah, not not copy and paste. Back to uh, a three four three. Technically, it says a three four two one, but but you know how that goes. Uh, Courtois between the sticks. Rudiger comes in to get some precious minutes. Christensen becoming the rock in central defense, not the actual rock, Dwayne Johnson, but just uh, the backbone of our defensive line next to Gary Cahill, uh, Captain Cahill, Zappa Costa, Fabregas, Conte, and Marcus Alonso ahead of them, and then a William Morata Pedro line up top so Hazard gets a little rest but does come in off the bench along with Danny Drinkwater who's becoming a featured member of the squad after his return to fitness and Hazard uh, you know also got to spend a little time on the pitch with Victor Moses who returns from injury uh, Bakayoko was on the bench along with Empadu the shin breaker as Placleto was there watching from the uh, the bench as well next to uh, Willie C uh, where they got a chance to uh, rest their legs all right. Well, at Mame seventeen saying, were you interested when you saw the three four three, or is that expected from now on against lower quality opponents? Nick, what do you think about that? I think it's expected, honestly. I think especially at home, you know, we we have a little bit more width with the three four three. You know, certainly the midfield wasn't in question today. Um, you know, I think that uh, when you looked at uh, Ingolo Conte, just you know, tracking all over the pitch and. You know, you, you have a guy like Fabregas who can pass uh, just immaculately. I, there there was always going to be a reward for William, I thought, um, with the way he played in the last couple of matches. And then it was good to see Pedro get some minutes as well. Uh, neither one was, was, was super effective, but it is a different look, too. I mean, especially if you're Swansea and you've been studying the 3-5-2. Uh, Chelsea comes out with uh, two quick little players in William and Pedro as a, as a part of a three front, then uh, that's going to cause some issues and uh, change the way your defense sets up. What I did like, Nick, was the fact that we had uh, Mr. Sanchez on the other side, who uh, basically became a uh, 12th player for Chelsea on the pitch with the amount of times he was either dispossessed, uh, knocked the ball out of play, or or generally uh, just looked completely out of his depth for the majority of the match. My God, man, I have never I don't know if I've ever seen a performance that bad in a Premier League match. I mean, he was he was horrible. This is Renato Sanchez, you know, kind of one of the players that Bayern Munich picked up as like the up and coming midfield dynamo, a guy who I said on this podcast that I wouldn't mind having on a two year loan. He looked terrible and I looked like a fool for wanting him. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going back on that statement now. Now that I've assessed him in a Premier League match, <laughs> he, 
horrible, horrible decision by me. I apologize to all of our listeners. All right. Well, the first and only goal of the match came in the 55th minute. Antonio Rudiger is the quickest to react to Conte's pass, shot, deflection. Uh, did well, headed down and in. Turned out to be the game winner and also his first Premier League goal, Nick. I like to call this Das Goal. Yeah, yeah, you were oh, you were all man. over that. Yeah, wow. This is not the man. first time oh, we've come heard on, that reference. I want to get in on the nicknames. <sighs> yeah, well, you know, look, you're just gonna have to work a little harder at it, you know. And I, <laughs> I, uh, work, work, I, work, Brandon. Work, yeah, work, work. I, I appreciate the effort. Let's just, uh, you know, let's come back again. Let's go again. Um, yeah, this was good. I mean, I, I think uh, I th- initially thought he was offsides. I thought uh, Rudiger was uh, in an offside position. He was not. Uh, the replay showed that. And I think just awareness stand on the ball certainly, you know, was a deserved goal for Chelsea who dominated this match. Yeah, Fabianski, you know, deflecting off 10 shots on target, 21 uh, total shots from Chelsea, you know, kind of went into his Neuer mode. Like sometimes the the mystical element of playing Chelsea just elevates these goalkeepers to heights unspinone. And of course, the next game he plays, he's going to let like four past him. And I'm going to make a reference to that and hope that he does so that something actually came true again because of the penalty <laughs> thing. I want that to happen again. I want things to start happening that I say. Um, yep. But ultimately, it was it was just real great awareness from Rudiger in the box to kind of actually notch it down into the ground. So it kind of give gave Fabianski a little bit of a, a challenge with it. And this is the uh, the eighth goal that Chelsea have scored this season in the Premier League that has involved a, a head as being the element which has scored the goal, not a foot or uh, any other appendage, as it were. So uh, uh, David Silva knows a lot about those. Oh, wow. Oof. Are you talking about the uh, his his FIFA um, seventeen or eighteen photo? Yeah, his uh, his Anaconda ninety nine. In case you missed it, <laughs> oh. uh, David Silva apparently <laughs> was featured in a locker room post match photo, and some people think he's packing a little bit more heat than what you'd expect out of a short little Spaniard. That's all I'm saying. Maybe go check Twitter. It's weird. Um, so I'm going to move on. Question one, Nick, coming your way. Antonio Conte was ejected. I think pretty sure this is the first time he's ever been kicked out into the stands in the Premier League. And boy, he was fired up. I think he was actually showing some inner powder keg. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I think as we get closer to, to heading over, he's readying himself not only for the beard off um, that could have been, but also, you know, just to yell a lot. Um, this this was ludicrous to me, guys. Uh, I, I would I would venture to say in the match that Paul Clement yelled just as much and just as furiously, probably at his own players, but still, um, this was after, uh, you know, a Pedro, I believe it was a Pedro cross or a Zapacosta cross that uh, clearly went out uh, off of a, a Swansea player that should have been a corner. Uh, everyone knew it and the whole crowd did. And, uh, and look, it just was a terrible, terrible Terrible decision. However, in this moment, I'm going to be the more calm one, and Dan is going to take my place as the powder keg. <laughs> is this because of the, the the tweeting during the match? Dan was more fired up today than I've ever seen him ever. Uh, that the tweet that he had after this, Brandon was uh, was pretty legendary. Oh, it's great to see Dan. You know, show a little emotion. We like it. 
Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm typically very, you know, very, very calm and composed. Uh, even keeled, I think, is the word that I would use. But this, this was absolutely just a miscarriage of, of justice when. And again, like we, we get flack sometimes because we talk about, you know, the, the officials and, and their inability to, to manage the match. And, you know, we won't rant too long, I promise. But I'm going to take the next 30 seconds to say that, you know, Neil Swarbrick completely and utterly mismanaged this match. And the fact that Antonio Conte, who complains to Lee Mason about the fact that, you know, Fabianski, really, who was the individual in question, who was time-wasting, because, you know, Swansea really, when you look at the fact that they had zero shots during the entire first half and a total of two shots, two shots in 90 plus minutes, including stoppage time, uh, if that, te- that, that tells the entire story. You know, of course, they were looking to eke out whatever measly draw that they could potentially manage by putting 11 men in the box and to not get any type of. Uh, you know, foul kind of called. Uh, I mean, the first yellow card of the game came from Murata from <laughs> in like the 80th or 90th minute when he backheeled a ball out of play because, you know, his frustration level was extremely high. It's absolutely absurd. And I think, you know, again, it, it's just a total like F you moment because he clearly was reacting to the fact that Lee Mason got upset that Antonio Conte was in his ear complaining about the time wasting and complaining about the lack of a corner, which I think are completely justifiable. And you know, and if you're unhappy with the language, I think there needs to be a moment of self-reflection on the officiating crew for looking at how poorly they, they managed parts of this match. Well, I would say quickly on this, like, was this the most angry that Antonio Conte has ever been at, at, no, at Chelsea? No, nowhere, nowhere near <laughs> no, the level. No, People know his bar, too. Like, he is just a passionate dude. He yells at his own team more than anything. And I think in this moment, he got justifiably frustrated. And, Brandon, like, there, there is nothing in the rule book saying uh, that, a, that a manager can't be frustrated. I think that, you know, Lee Mason probably, you know, took it a little too personally and then, uh, Swarbrick, you know, without a ton of knowledge of what was really happening, sent him to the stands. And I, I'm not sure what the point of that was, honestly. You should watch some tape of like the MLB umpires and coach, you know, manager front confrontations. <laughs> now that gets heated, you know. Yeah. Not this. I mean, yeah, he was loudly voicing his opinion, but Swarbrick can easily go, hey, Calm down and then walk away. But instead, he put his arm around him, yada, yada. Uh, just, it's just crazy that, like, the escalation on the pitch, like, the fact that, like, you know, when when Murata is basically being tackled and, you know, there was a shout potentially for a penalty, you know, and, and look, you know, WWE moves, you know, may or may not be approved on the pitch. It's really hard to tell from official to official. But oh, God, he's killed him. <laughs> he's killed him oh, dead. God. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're... It just the fact that it went to an immediate escalation versus even a conversation or a warning, like I, I don't know, like that just stinks to me of of some other um, bias or inclination. And you know, look, we don't we don't know Lee Mason. We'll never hear from the officiating community about why someone was sent off. You know, 
ultimately, you know, Conte comes out afterwards and says, you know, during the game in the first half, I saw Swansea were wasting time. I said this a few times to the fourth official. At the same time, I didn't see something change in the first half. I was frustrated for the situation. I tried to tell again, but the referee took this decision. I repeat, I apologize for this. I was frustrated. For sure, I made a mistake. During the game, I suffer. With my players, I suffer. It's a pity. You know what? double down like this is a point to say you know what if you're if like this is who he is as a person like he is a impassionate individual like he is going to bleed on the sideline with the players like i am all in on him continuing to just do what he does and you know ultimately you know him uh klopp Mourinho, uh pep like you know the the caricatures of of the managers like i I think is is ultimately getting out of control and the the officials are uh, trying to move to the caricature versus the the general kind of questioning of poor officiating and that is is the larger problem not these managers who are trying to you know, get in the ear and provide context or questioning the the decision. I think they are they are blindly trying to justify the decision and give out action that way versus the idea of actually trying to listen and absorb criticism and trying to make positive change. Well, and then people are like, okay, is Antonio Conte thinking about leaving after the season? That's from St. James Gate Brewery on Instagram. Marv on Twitter says, who the fuck trains referees in England? Uh, no even one. at Chelsea 221609, you know, do Chelsea get different treatment from the refs? And I know that Danny brought up the penalty decision, and this isn't a referee discussion. To me, this is an Antonio Conte discussion and what his personality, his competitiveness, and his passion that comes out. And again, like, we will back him every single time uh, the FA will probably give him a fine if they want to be completely acidine they can suspend him but I don't think that'll happen as a first offense you know like you said Dan a manager that backs his players as much as he does look dude wants to play if Swansea want to dick around and have their ball boy curl up on a ball like they did two years ago in the cup competition and Hazard tries to poke it out like look swans if that's why you want to play it fine but guess what we're here to play we're here to go and you're just getting in the way of the inevitable and i think that that's exactly what conte was was thinking today is that chelsea were way outperforming swansea they're wanting to kill the game off in the first half are you kidding me you're trying to slow the game down from this fifth minute like it is impossible to to keep up that momentum uh, or strategy, and honestly, as a referee, they have to, at this high of a level, they have to recognize it and do something about it. Nick, last chance before we move on to Hazard and the attack. Well, it just it, it's a shame, right? Like Swansea is an incredibly poor team. They they might have been just as I think they were better organized than Everton at home um, was at the beginning of the season, but they're just a very poor team. There there is significant chance that they will go down this year, and. You know, I think I think Chelsea it's it's kind of a shame that Chelsea needed Antonio to go crazy to uh, to get a result here or to inspire them on. Because I I just I looked at Swansea and they just didn't offer anything, you know, and that's a shame. All right. Let's talk about it. Dan, we didn't have Hazard from the beginning and we didn't have a lot going forward. Is that because of a lack of chemistry between Pedro Morata or William or more of a coincidence or is it directly because Eden Hazard was not on the pitch? I don't know if I buy into that concept because when you look at and, and stats always don't tell the best story. But when you look at the fact that there were 21 global shots from Chelsea, 10 on target, 
you know, th- there was distribution and, you know, I think all credit, you know, if there, there's one Swansea player that deserves, I think some positive recognition after this match, Nick, I think it's Fabianski. You know, he played a really impressive game. I think there were a couple of poor takes, um, you know, whether it be uh, Pedro kind of lack of power directly to the right bottom corner where Fabianski was, was right and ready to take it. Morata um, with maybe like a 10 yard out header, which gave Falmianski, you know, time to kind of move it forward. Alonzo, very similar. But, but ultimately, I don't know if it necessarily was that. I think you played an extremely compact Swansea team that didn't want to get out of the box, that wanted to make it difficult to score because they knew that their potential chance was going to come on a break or a counter. And they were more than happy to uh, tortoise, tortoise the moment and and try to take whatever they could get. I yeah, I think Alfie Mawson was probably their best player today. Um that dude was everywhere. Uh he headed the ball out all the time, was just uh was an animal and I think uh you saw Murata get kind of frustrated because there were a few times where he was making really good runs and and the ball just wasn't there. I, you know, I I really don't think Fabregas had a great game a great game overall. Um, you know, because you saw some of those runs and, and you could see how frustrated he was getting, uh, not being able to get the service. So, yeah, and I, the other point on this too, um, yes, of course, Eden Hazard is going to add something really positive to this team. No shit. Um, however, I think the the trap that we're setting for ourselves is, you know, when Hazard wasn't there, if you know, the team did find it difficult to score at times. And I think that this team does have to work through these difficult moments. You know, I think Pedro has to get back on form. I think William has to continue, uh, you know, scoring goals. I think we need to get goals from other places. You know, Cahill. Uh, is kind of uncharacteristically, you know, kind of absent from the goal tally. Rudiger has a couple now. We're starting to see some other players get involved. But uh, I think that we have to figure out a way to win without Hazard. There will be times, especially in the next the next month, Dan, you, you've talked about the fixture list and our big opportunity with this run of games where Hazard is going to need a rest. And this team cannot just rest on its laurels, not press and expect that, you know, a moment of quality is going to happen because, you know, the goal today was kind of a fluke, you know? And that's where you want to look to, you know, the midfield to offer that option or, you know, you know, you think about the people we have on loan, like Ruben Loftus-Cheek and what he's starting to kind of provide for Crystal Palace. And, you know, you start to, you know, salivate a little bit at what could be kind of in the future, but it's at, as it stands today, and I think you're right. You know, you're ultimately looking to Pedro, you're looking to William to ultimately move us forward. And I really think it was more about the fact that we were going up against an immovable object and that we had the shots and they just weren't converted because ultimately the fact that you have 21 shots, 10 on target, and you only convert one, like that. that's, you know, I, that doesn't happen every day. And I, I think ultimately in a different match where Swansea maybe plays a little bit more freely, I think we do put more past them and it doesn't necessarily require hazard to get it done. So we got a couple shout outs on social V factor 07 on Instagram um, saying, looking at a lot of posts and tweets on social media saying Chelsea should have beaten Swansea more comfortably. But first, in my opinion, Chelsea got the job done and Fabianski made nine saves. At least we didn't concede or draw. This is a decent result, isn't it? 
And then the same thing coming from Jace Wyatt, also on Instagram, saying, should we not be beating teams like Swansea more comfortably? Okay, so should we? Yeah, we should. We even saw City again today, leaving it late against Southampton. We saw it against Huddersfield. Like, playing matches every three days is tough. And just like people are praising City for getting these wins late, you know, in the match, like we have to give Chelsea credit. They did enough to get it done. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't the standard that we normally have, but we got three points. We got out of there, got a shutout. And the way I look at it is, you know, you got the job done, even if it wasn't the ideal situation. Because like I said, you turn around and then you place Newcastle again on Saturday at Lodoc Madrid on Tuesday and again at the weekend. I mean, that's five games in two weeks. That's a that's a lot of minutes in there. Yeah, it's a shame, too, that Masanda's hurt, you know, because I think this might have been a match where he would have had some minutes. You know, you look at you know, some of these matches coming up and, and you hope that he gets right because, the, you know, that could be his moment. You know, there are, what, nine matches in three and a half weeks. So, you know, let's hopefully get our, our dudes healthy again. Um, well, let's go ahead and evolve this a little bit because this might surprise a lot of fans complaining. Uh, Conte's men are now in the midst of a six-match unbeaten run in the Premier League. Uh, do you feel like we're on a run or do the Champions League matches disrupt that feeling? I feel like last season we knew exactly how well we were doing in the Premier League. We were on that amazing run. Everyone was talking about it. Um, but that's also all we had to focus on, really, Nick. I mean, six matches unbeaten is a great run right now, especially as we head into the crazy time. It is. It's fantastic. I think credit to the team. Um for going on this run, you know, if you think about, you know, that 13 game winning streak last year, Dan, um, it was it was right around this time where the team really started to heat up. Um, and obviously we have a, a larger commitment uh, in Europe this year um, and, you know, certainly going deeper into the uh, the Carabao Cup um, has added a little bit of fixture congestion as well. But um, the Premier League is, you know, still, I think, our. Our, our most controllable competition, you know, right? Like the Champions League, you, know, you never know with the draw, but, you know, to go on this run, you know, to, to come off of a really hard game against Liverpool uh, and to extend the unbeaten run to six matches, uh, pretty quality, yeah? Absolutely. I think anyone who's upset with the, the, the fact that maybe we've had some intermittent performance levels isn't necessarily evaluating they're evaluating in comparison to either last season when there was not a you know a midweek game or multiple games every week or they're evaluating it in comparison to city who statistically are outperforming in so many metrics that it, i mean if you're going to make try to make a comparison to another team and this is kind of weird to say but like Manchester United is is such a better model to look to in any other season, Manchester United would be the league leaders and City are just stupid, stupid good. And as much as it pains us, I think all all three of us to kind of think about that and fans in general, that that is what we're up against right now. And it's not a matter of like we can go on the six game unbeaten run. It's fantastic. But it's only as good as City potentially dropping points. And they are finding ways much like we did every, you know, in multiple games last, you know, last season, whether it was a 89th minute 
you know, Bashwaigel, a Diego Costa masterclass, uh, Hazard playing out of his mind, Pedro with a curler. They're doing what we did last year from a template standpoint, uh, just at a very, very consistent level. So I, I think it's all about perspective and aligning it to the fact that like we have to evaluate where we're at right now as a club. And this is this is a good run. This is a good run to build upon heading into uh, what, what is, as you alluded to, Nick, a very compact December window. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, this is what it is, Brandon. Like, if we win out and City wins out, they win the league flat out. That just is what it is. But um, you know, we still have a lot to play for. And this this title race, I know that like City winning today in the 90th minute, it just is so frustrating. 95th. Southampton. 95th minute Southampton gave him such a, a go today. And, and I think they're kind of the model for how to play um, city are going to struggle city. You're going to drop points. Um, even though they're, I think they're clearly the best team in the league. Uh, you know, Chelsea just has to take care of their business and see how it plays out. Cause I think if Chelsea takes care of their business, we might come third or second. And at the end of the day, that gets us in the champions league again. And, and maybe we focus a little bit more of our energy on, on this champions league competition. But uh, the league is so important for money, for standing, uh, for the Champions League that it, you know, it is a, a really great thing to kind of have a little bit of a rebound from a tough start to the season. Well, and the nice thing, potentially, right? Totally hypothesizing, sacrifice me if you want. But if City run away with it and we know it's unattainable, then we can maybe focus a little bit more on Champions League and some cup competitions. So maybe we get second and third, but we also win a trophy. That's a that's a great season. I mean, that's something that even Spurs can't can't say. So, um, how about this? Moses returned today. Obviously, got a little cameo at the end of the match. Uh, what do you guys think? One word: Moses returning makes you feel blank. Dan, his overall return is exciting. His performance today was uh, rusty. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably fair. I mean, to be expected, I would think, Nick. But what about you? What do you think? I think it's fantastic. Obviously, did not look great. <laughs> I think we can all say that. Um, uh, but look, uh, you know, I think Zappacosta is coming off of, you know, however many starts in a row, uh, you know, is clearly, you know, starting to find some form, uh, which is great for us. We need all the, we need all the help we can get at this point. And um, and Moses is going to be a key piece down the stretch. I mean, I think Moses is a better defensive player um, and, and we'll see what happens in the attacking third once he finally gets his sea legs back. But uh, it's an important moment for the club. And, and you hope that the rest of the guys on the injury list start to come back in, in a similar fashion. Yep. I mean, to me, Moses returning makes me feel hopeful, you know, get some depth back. And then as far as the actual performance, it, uh, you know, is expected. I would genuinely say it's expected, but hey, it's a good situation. It was still competitive. Uh, he had some chances to go forward against Swansea. I think it was good. Um, at Mame 17 says, will Moses shake off the rust? He looked extremely shaky. Of course, with more minutes, he will get back to that. And then obviously Jay Heal on Twitter saying, was Moses the second half version of the first half Renato Sanchez? Oh, come on, uh, Jay. Desperately needing minutes, in my opinion, to game form, but could be hard another uh, hard with another strong performance from Zappa Costa. So like I said, we'll see how, how Moses rebounds, but great, great to see. So any additional thoughts uh, or anything you guys want to bring up before we uh, wrap this, this match review up, Nick, anything? 
Uh, we key rest today. So Bakayoko key rest, Drinkwater key rest, Hazard, Dave. Uh, it's a it's a big deal, and you know I think Dan, we look forward to seeing those guys play in the next couple of matches live. It's gonna be sweet. I, I think the one call out I would have is obviously Antonio Conte goes to uh, I believe his office was what was the the report to watch the remainder of the match, but uh, Angelo Alessio steps in and uh, while not as animated uh, you know definitely had to uh, be deputized in that moment and uh, you know did a good job with uh, the substitutions to kind of really make sure the match went appropriately and you know I, I think even as we just mentioned major moses got some critical minutes to uh, to knock some rust off so uh, well done by him I would like to point out that nobody was focused on fabregas playing in a two man midfield today so there's that ladies and gentlemen nope all right. Because Swansea doesn't have, I, I don't believe Swansea has midfield players in. I think that was their key mistake today. Well, they also uh, left the strikers at home too, which was a bit of a problem as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Indeed. Well, as it stands, uh, you know, Chelsea in third place. So that means City are atop on 40 points from 14 played, 13 1 1 drawn. Bastards. Man United on 32 points. Chelsea, 29 points. Arsenal sticking in fourth with 28 right behind us. Uh, Liverpool up to fifth in 26 points. Burnley in sixth, 25 points. And uh, Spurs on 24. But actually, Dan, Mary at Zibbles in Bits thinks we should change Spurs' name. Yeah, she suggested uh, that there was no question that she had for us today, but that she wanted to share that the new name for Spuds should be Droppingham Cold Spurs, falling fast down the table. And the fact that Sean Dyche has managed to uh, out Ginger Mourinho Pochettino is quite fantastic. <laughs> so uh, all credit to Burnley. They, they've had quite a run this season. And uh, in other years, uh, if not for Manchester City's kind of amazing performance, might actually be a little bit further up the table. So uh, really, it's really interesting to, to look at this top five and top six and, and see you know the run of form that Spurs have had recently. Nick there with three losses, a draw and a win out of their last five is, is pretty, pretty dreadful. Yeah, I know they're they're a weird team, right? Like they they're playing pretty well in the Champions League, which is weird. Um, and and then they're you know barely able to put the pressure on Burnley in the league table. So ugh, you know. DVD canceled this year, folks. Sorry, <laughs> no upgrade to Blu-ray. It'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, United and Arsenal play each other. Obviously, Chelsea at Newcastle for the next match. City at West Ham. Assume that'll be a smashing. Um, so you know. Potentially, we could draw level with United after this weekend, as long as we take care of the business at Newcastle. But that'll go ahead and wrap us up. Um, but before we get into social media questions, again, we like World Soccer Shop. We also got to throw the likes for XL Tours, Nick. Um, we're going to London, and there's no way us or the 12, 13 people going with us could have ever done it with as much ease if it, if it weren't for XL Tours, like, honestly. Yeah, major shout out. Just a, a quick thank you. Uh, it was Thanksgiving uh, last week, and a quick thank you to to Charlotte and Chris and the entire team over there for uh, for setting up this trip, for helping us get some extras included. And uh, Dan, I think we're we're ready to rock now. 
Yeah, I know a long, long time listener, uh, first time potentially kind of get a chance to connect with them in person. Uh, Simon Beal or SP Beal, as we know him, asked, uh, said enough of the swans. What's the plan for Saturday? And if you didn't know, uh, now you'll know because we're going to wrap that up real quick when it's the, the cock before Newcastle. Then afterwards, we're going to head over the Atlas for the launch of the Carefree book, which is about uh, Chelsea Chance and the, the history of them uh, involving uh, Tim Rolls and Mark Rolls. Uh, great work to put that together at the Atlas. And then after that, heading to the Chelsea Pensioner, where uh, Chidge and the Chelsea fan cast, powered by Guinness and the London is Blue podcast, powered by American Whiskey, with a chance right. to cross-collaborate on a co-pod that we'll do before uh, heavy... Um, Heavy uh, drinking. Well, and uh, I think we're using the term bicep curls. Will uh, unfold, Nick. It's gonna be pretty, pretty, pretty fun. So if you're out and about, if you're a fan of ours in London, or just want to come and say what's up, um, please do, guys. Like we would love to see everybody. Uh, we'll have some of our journalist friends there. We'll have some of our fan cast friends there. Uh, we'll have some of our listeners there. Um, spread the word. Let everyone know where we'll be. And uh, and yeah, let's just make this a blast, huh? All right. Well, let's do some social media questions. Uh, had some great ones as usual this week. All right. Well, the first the first one we have is from. Uh, Pravin on Facebook. I know better. Uh, should I enjoy the one nothing victory of Chelsea or be sad that City won in over five minutes of extra time? They are finding a way to win, and we have players with poor touches up front. Why aren't we scoring goals? Yes, that's my question. Why are we not scoring? Are we relying on Hazard for magic, or are we just not a high-scoring team, or it's not our year? D, all of the above? Nick, He's given it's multiple choice and it's not an easy one at this point. No, no, this is a very loaded question. Um, I, I think most people were looking at the city scoreboard because they, they started about 15 minutes behind uh, behind the Chelsea match and you know, very, very much of a bummer um, that they got that win. Um, but I, I just, you know, in, in the league, I think it's it's. A credit to them they're they're playing well you know much like we did a couple of years ago you just have to tip your hat and say congrats you guys are incredible however guys let's temper expectations they're not going to win every match you know i think they will struggle at some point and chelsea just has to keep focusing on themselves not focusing on other results just winning keep on winning keep on winning keep on improving uh substitute the appropriate players and, and let's just make this thing work Dan, A, B, C, or D? I think it, it, it is about the fact that other teams are, are scoring more, specifically City. When you look at the fact that they have two individuals with nine goals apiece and Sterling and Aguero and Sterling on an absolute tear right now. Jesus with eight, Sané with six, De Bruyne with four. And then you kind of flip over to Chelsea and you're like, oh, okay, maybe we have you know some similar scoring contribution. Uh, Morata at eight. And then Alonzo Hazard at three. And then you go to Mishi and Pedro as the, uh, the the fourth and fifth options at two apiece. Well, there, there is an opportunity for us to contribute or produce more goals. We have to remember, obviously, that Hazard uh, missed a portion of time in addition to Murata. But ultimately, you know, there is a opportunity for us to uh, focus on finding ways to score more regularly. Uh, bearded bard underscore on Instagram says, is Rudiger better as a right center back or left center back? Um, well, I think if you kind of take the performances, Roma was a disaster at left center back, 
but he was pretty solid today. Not under a lot of pressure, I didn't think, at right center back, but I would say he's definitely more comfortable as a right-footed player playing out there, and it's you know not a bad thing having Moses or Zappacosta in front of you because those guys just run forever. Um, Nick, do you, I mean, do you think it matters for him, really? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I go back and forth on this because I feel like um, if he plays on the right, uh, that means that Dave is either hurt or has to be playing a different position because of another injury. So I, I'm not sure. I think that his crossing ability, his, his long ball ability is much better as kind of that right center back. But um, I think that he's shown some flashes of brilliance on the left side as well. He's just a versatile player, which is fantastic. And uh, right now, I think our our best chance for him to be in the lineup is is at that left side and uh, replace of um, replacing Cahill. I mean, uh, Dan, coming to you from at Beer Bauer underscore Andy on Twitter says one of those grinded out three pointers. Not much to talk about, but how about? Who is going to help Alonzo out at left wing back? I mean, this question has come up all season because it's, yeah, it's a a fair question. It's a loose end, right? That Chelsea didn't wrap up this summer. Yeah. The, the, the fact that we don't have a plug and play replacement for him. And, you know, I would argue that we also struggle on the right-handed side. And and that's really been more the fact that it did take Zabacost a little time to become acclimatized and Victor Moses is coming back off injury. But the fact that right now that Dave is really still the backup right wing back is just another sign that, you know, we really are, are lacking in depth. And I think it's going to be a moment of introspection uh, coming around the corner in January. And if the club isn't lining up an option now, I, I also wonder if they're looking at this and saying, well, you know, based upon our current squad, how deep do we expect to go in you know, into the Champions League, how deep do we expect to go into challenging City? I, I think if City struggle in the next couple of weeks and there is blood in the water and there's the possibility of a, 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 a remit that we could jump back into this title race, I think that, you know, Chelsea will go hard on some type of player this January. Ultimately, if it is out of sight, I don't think we will because you know the deals and the players available in January, whether they be cup tied to another Champions League squad or potentially overpriced, is not really within the way that that Chelsea does business. So I think if we're looking for uh, transfer presence under the tree, uh, you might end up with some uh, some coal in that stocking. All right, last one from at Chelsea Eric underscore on Twitter saying, my fantasy team and I are very disappointed Morata did not score. What do you guys think of his performance? Uh, Nick, you know, it's a little bit different not having his partner in crime, Hazard, out there, but he still had chances, still had opportunities out there. He did. Uh, there was actually some really good service to him today from a crossing standpoint, you know, just just was a step behind today, unfortunately for him. And there was never really a clear cut chance uh, for him to score with his feet. You know, I think if he would have scored, it would have been with his head. So, um, you know, I, I think just maybe one of those off days and, and lucky didn't bite us. Dan, I know you are texting us today about your fantasy team and how great you're doing, but what about Murata? I'm assuming you don't have him in your team. Uh, top, top, top two percent uh, in, in the world. Hundred thousand uh, overall ranking. Green arrows this week. It was good. It was good. It was good week. I actually do have Murata on my team, and 
I will admit to the fact that my team is, is if you don't know, uh, is, is Buyback Mountain FC. Jeez. And uh, Ke- Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> is a member of my squad, along with Mohamed Salah. And uh, it was a good uh, Premier League fantasy game week. And uh, hopefully Maranta starts to score some goals so I can put the uh, captain armband on him. All right. Well, you know what? I think that that uh, I think that's that's just gonna have to wrap it up for us, guys. We got wait, wait, wait. You don't, you don't, you don't want me more bragging on uh, no. fantasy Premier League? No, I no, no. no. I apologize honestly okay. to I those of you okay. that are in the league because I have not even checked my lineup since about week three. So I apologize. Hundred third overall. We we've been we've been busy with stuff, uh, understandably, and and we'll probably have some some announcements come the new year to share. So. While, while Dan's been, you know, effortlessly playing fantasy Premier League, <laughs> Brandon and I have been working on building this show um, into a, a master class. So, well, just kidding, Dan. That reversed on you pretty quick. <laughs> Sorry, man. That <laughs> did. The, cu- the current goes in both directions, apparently. It does. So, all right. Well, as all of you know, Newcastle is the next match. Also, as all of you know, the three of us will be there with about a dozen of our brand new best friends, plus our other friends from London that have been longtime friends and listeners. We're so excited to be back at the bridge this coming Saturday, December 2nd. Nick, it will be a fun match as well because uh, Newcastle are managed by Rafa Benitez. Uh, Even though he helped us win the Europa League, I don't think anyone has fond memories or feelings towards him. Yeah, I, I I don't think the reception will be anything uh, anything great for him. I think a lot of Rafa out signs still might be shown across uh, the bridge on TV. Um, you know, look look for us. Um, we won't have one of those signs, but look for us. We'll be uh, near the um, near kind of the the wall, the blue wall with Chelsea uh, Football Club on it, and so you'll see photos and videos and all that kind of stuff and. Um, yeah, Dan, let's, uh, let's make this a really, really passionate, loud, early match in the Premier League. Uh, I think if, uh, the, the Antonio chance did not ring for almost 90 minutes to let the match day officials uh, know who is really in control at Sanford bridge, uh, there, there might be a bit of a problem. So uh, yeah, I think that's where we, you know, we can kind of add some, some voice and some, uh, you know, some American twang with some, uh, Antonio y'all. And, y'all. Uh, ultimately, uh, you know, Newcastle, uh, you know, struggling in the league this season. I mean, outside of an own goal in their match today against West Brom, uh, they were going to be, uh, another loser in the, uh, in the league this week. So um, they, they are kind of in, in the middle pack at 15 points, but I mean, the gap between 18th and where they are in 12th right now is five points. So it is a very kind of razor edge there at the bottom. And, you know, they need every point they potentially can pick up, but they have lost four and drawn one out of their last five. Um, and, and really again, have, uh, have just struggled the entire season. Thanks for buying Atsu, though, at the beginning of the season, Rafa. We appreciate that. We'll be we'll be really excited, obviously. Um, so we will do our, uh, you know, cross pod with the the boys, Stanford Chidge and the gang over at the Chelsea Fancast. So we'll get that posted right after it on both channels. Uh, and so just a reminder, follow us on social media. We're going to be posting a ton of stuff. Uh, we partnered up with some really, really cool 
groups and brands and teams. So make sure to watch that as always. It's just going to be fun. It's going to be a ton of fun. And hopefully you all listening can go with this next time. But until then, Chelsea fans, that is a wrap. I got a pack, yo. So until next time from London, keep the blue flag flying high. If you don't want the conversation to stop, make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes or donate on Patreon.com. London is Blue podcast presented by WorldSoccerShop.com.